Amen. Okay, so I've been super stoked about this series called Heart for the Kingdom. We're in part two today. And the reason why I'm excited about it is because I believe there needs to be a reminder of what we're going through, a reminder of why we are here on earth. And it's not just something that we build on ourselves or for ourselves, but for the kingdom of God. Which, by the way, the kingdom of God is about people. You guys know that? It's about people, okay, and their hearts. All Jesus wants is their hearts, okay? He wants to be the one to clean them. He's the one, he's the one that wants to, to transform their lives through his word, through the power of the Holy Spirit, and what he's done in Calvary. And so last week, just to kind of take a few steps back and then just start from there, last week we talked about, uh, part one was the main purpose was growing in Christ is not automatic. Any amens to that one? Growing in Jesus is not automatic. I, I remember when I first came to Christ and I started learning his word, my desire in my heart was to do it to the T and exactly what he says. And so what I was doing was I was, have you heard the term going cold turkey? Yeah, where, where you just quit something and go the other way. And don't get me wrong, when we repent, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Just turn away from our, our, our past and our, our maybe habits that we had. Okay, and turn to him. But there are things I was doing that was not lined up according to the word because I was still spiritually immature. Okay, I didn't, I didn't quite, I didn't quite uh, have an understanding. It's just going off, sorry. I didn't quite have an understanding of what God really wanted. And what I was really doing was I was being a little legalistic versus relational with my heavenly father. And as time went on, I realized even in my mistakes, even when I, I failed at something, that I'm still a child of God. That I don't have to keep raising the hand and saying, forgive me, God, I need salvation again. For God's love is, is just an abundant. And so God was teaching me during that process over 12 years ago was, hey, I'm not expecting an automatic overnight change, but a growth. Your decision for me needs to be automatic, okay? But, but growing takes time. And I use an example with my two boys. I have a nine-year-old and a, a soon-to-be two-year-old boy, okay? And I said, son, my older one, you're going to go to work this summer, all right? You're going to cut the grass. Because I remember at five years old, he want, as I was cutting grass, he wanted to come in between me and push the lawnmower. But then he wanted to do it by himself. And he said, dad, let it go. So I let it go. And he's yelling at me, why did you let it go? I can't even move this thing, okay? And because I realized he wasn't fully developed yet. But nine years old today, and again, he's gained some little muscles, and, and he's, able, he's got a little taller. Now he's taller than the lawnmower. I'm like, you're working this summer. I think he's praying for the snow. It makes sense now. <laughs> it makes sense now. But I wouldn't expect that for my two-year-old. You know, my, my two-year-old, I wouldn't expect him to do the lawn work because of the level that he's at in his life. He still got a lot of growing up to do. But my love never changes for them. Okay, my love never changed, and I don't love this one more than that one or that one more than this one because of what they're doing. They're my children. I'm their dad. I will love them regardless. And that's how our Heavenly Father is with us the moment we come to Jesus Christ, when we become his children, wherever we're at in life. But God wants us to grow. He has an understanding. There needs to be a growth that happens. And I, I said it this way, um, milk before meat, crawling before walking. And so many times we would focus on a baby. Maybe they're taking their first steps. If you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about, okay? If you're a first-time parent and you're getting there, you're going to feel this excitement. But they take one, two, three steps, and then they fall, right? What are we doing? 
We're celebrating, right? We're celebrating the three steps they took. We're not on them for the fall that they had. What are you doing? We're not doing any of that. We're actually celebrating the process, and we're encouraging them. Get back up. We're helping them. Get back up. Or you can do this, and then you got the hands, and you let it go, and come on. And Dad's bringing the camcorder out. We're recording this whole thing because they're taking just two more steps, and they're stumbling. Why do we think our Heavenly Father, for some reason, looks at the fall when we take our steps in, in our Christianity walk? We think that he's ready to strike us down when God's not that type of God. He's a dad that says, come on. You get back up. You took three good steps for the kingdom of God. Let's get you back up. Come on. Because God understands it's not an automatic thing. It's a growth that we need to go through. The kingdom is about having a going and growing relationship with the Father. That's the heart for the kingdom of God. Spiritually growing up and in maturity with him and in Christ Jesus. Okay. Now today, I want to continue on. And my main point today, if there is anything that you can take from this, I want you to remember this part, okay? If you got notes, get ready for this one, all right? God designed you and me, okay? God designed us for relationship. I'll say that again. God designed us for relationship. First with him, okay? And I say that first because it starts with him, then with others. First him, then others. There are times in our lives where we can... Reverse that. Maybe not intentionally, but we reverse it, and we put people before our Heavenly Father, a relationship before our God. And we wonder why things are not going well sometimes. When God says, hey, I need to be first in your life. I need to be the number one, and they need to be the number two in your life. And when we can flip that, we'll see God intervene even to a point when we start growing and they start growing in this walk. With Jesus. Matthew 22, uh, 37 through 39, Jesus gives us the priority of how it's supposed to work for the kingdom of God. And he says this, okay? He teaches everybody love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Other translations would also say with all your strength, okay? Then he says this this is the first, everyone look at your neighbor, say first. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second, everyone say second is like it. Other translations will say is equally as important. And then he says this, love your neighbor as yourself. Do you see the priorities of God, our relationship with God before we do a relationship here on earth? It needs to be right vertical so we can do right things right horizontally. Does that make sense? You know, and, and maybe this is a, a, a little bit of childish that I'm about to draw something out, but it really brought picture and perspective to me when I was in the children's ministry. But when you get this right between you and God, you're able to get this right, which creates a cross and where, and where Christ gave his life. And that's always stuck with me because that's how his kingdom should be. It is impossible, everyone, it is impossible for us to do this without knowing God. We can't. We can try, but we'll fall short. But without a Savior, without experiencing unconditional love in our lives, we're not able to pour out unconditional love that he's given us. Our love will come out, and by the way, it falls short. So growing in Christ, uh, or growing means we need to know Christ first. Look at it this way. Your relationship with God begins with receiving Jesus. It all starts there. Okay, John 1.12 says, But as many as received him, to them 
He gave the right to become children of God. See, you've taken the name of Jesus as a last name. Now, when you look at marriage, I mean, with my wife and I, we, when we got married, she took on my last name, showing that we are in relationship, in a marriage, in a covenant together. And so when we come to Christ, it's kind of the same thing. I've heard people say, you can put a, a hyphen Christ at the end of your name. Don't do that because we've known a lady that did that and confused everybody. She would put her first name, her last name, and then Christ at the end, and people were getting confused on it. But the teaching behind it was you are just in that relationship with him. You have that freedom. And like a, a good marriage, Madi and I, we can come together for anything. One of the things that we uh, established in our home off the bat, before, even before marriage, was no secrets between us. I'm not going to try to hide anything before her and then vice versa. There's going to be full communication. God wants the same thing with us. Hey, by the way, he knows already, but he expects you to, to communicate with him. He wants that. In John 17, 3, Jesus defines eternal life because he gives this to us. And he says this, now this is eternal life, okay, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. See, when you come into relationship with him, when you say, I am truly yours, God, I am married to you, God, I want you to be a part of my life and receive, I want all of me and you, you and me. He says you would inherit his kingdom. You would inherit eternal life. And it's simply just believing who I am. Believing. Eternal life is knowing God, okay, not just knowing about God. I'm going to share a story with you guys, okay. I grew up uh, in, in, with my mom, and, and, and I have a bunch of sisters, and we tried all types of churches. Okay, I mean, all through Holland, you, you can go through Holland, there's a church in every corner, correct? Yeah. <laughs> Almost every corner. Yeah. I think I've gone to all of them. Okay, or at least most of them, because I know there was a point in my life where in my mother's life where she was seeking out God. Where do we go? So I've done. Uh, do you guys know what cadets are or what cadets is? I, I was a cadet. Okay, so I had the scarf, I had the shirt, I had the patches. I man, I so bad wanted to hold the flag for the Pledge of Allegiance. I never got to. My older cousins did all the time, but I just never got there. But I was a cadet. We used to do these uh, outgoing uh, types of deals. I, I've never been a Boy Scout, but I'm pretty sure it's probably close to it, just with God now and, and, and Bible teachers in the middle of it. But I was a cadet. Then I did these summer programs where it was just Sunday morning sessions. And then there were the Wednesday night sessions. I did that all through elementary. Then we went to another church, and I was just a part of this group of kids where they just taught the Bible. Then I remember being a part of another church, and it was downstairs, and I was taught what hell was about. I was probably in fifth grade at that time. It was scary. Then I, I went to St. Francis. I've done the whole catechism. I've done the first communion, the confirmation, the, all of it. Okay? Then I went somewhere else and was taught some more of a religious mindset of what we should do more of the law. I, what I'm saying, I, I share all that because... I've experienced, personally, my testimony, I've experienced all that. And I've learned a lot about who God is, okay? But I want you to understand that eternal life is knowing God, not just knowing about God. See, it wasn't until I was 20 years old and I sat in that corner when the message hit me right here. And I said yes to him. Then I started to know God, not just know about God. So growing up, all of these uh, churches, all these places that, that I encountered, I got a lot of information about who God was. 
but I never had a relationship with him until I said yes to him. Until I said yes. And I, I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I thank God for those encounters I had because at least I got to hear who Jesus was. At least I got to hear about him, you know, and get the information of what he did. I, I, I knew the Bible stories. But, man, that day when I said yes to him, knowing about him turned into knowing who he was. And the rest took its journey. You know, we're designed to have that in- intimacy with him, an intimacy relationship. Now, let's be honest, a relationship without intimacy is not a good relationship. A marriage without intimacy is not a good marriage. That's what I meant, marriage, (laughs) not just any relationship. And God desires that from us. But so many times we have this mindset of it's just a physical thing, and God's saying no. It's a spiritual thing as well. Because when you think of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity, when we think about them, how how they were so much in tune, they're one, okay, Three and one, we hear that all the time. But they had the intimacy together to birth out this world, to birth out who we are. Because of that intimacy, it's multiplying. The church is multiplying. And God says, I desire that with you. I desire to be with you. Ephesians 3.17 says, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love. He's talking to the church, guys. Okay, Those that are rooted and established in love in Jesus Christ may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is, uh, love of Christ is. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. I'm going to say that again. This love that surpasses knowledge. You see now it's not about the information, but about the relation between you and God. Continue on. That you may be filled. Everyone say filled. To the measure of all the fullness of God. When you have that intimacy, when you understand that the the, the heart for the kingdom is intimacy with my heavenly father, you start having the experience of seeing him, his character, his traits in your life. Before you know it, you have those traits, characters, attributes in your life. You start seeing that in your life. I was, I was taught this, and it's so true. If you're intimidated by man, you're probably not intimate with God. But when you're intimate with God, you're really not intimidated by man. Because now you have a knowledge and a heart of what his kingdom's about. We all still here? There are three important attributes that God reveals to us. Pretty basic, pretty easy, but so easy for us to forget about them. And so today, I just want to remind you these three. I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit speak to your hearts. I'm going to let him just resonate in you guys and speak to you guys in a way where he can have intimacy with you right now. And the first attribute we see is that God is love. Okay? God is love. In 1 John 4, 7, it says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born and uh, born of God and knows God. There's that where we know who we are in Christ. God is love. The second attribute we see is God is light. 1 John 4, 7 says, I'm sorry, 1 John 1, 5 says, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light, okay? If there is darkness in our lives, is God really involved? If we think we can't see or I don't know what's going on, have we come to God where he can be the lamp to our feet? 
Continue on. In him, there is no darkness at all. We cannot forget that our God is a God who gave us light. Every morning we get, or almost every morning, probably not today, but on those beautiful cloudless days in the morning, we see the sun rise and a new day has began, okay, or is beginning, all the way through when the sun sets. And in a sense, when we first come to Christ, it's like that dawning day comes into our lives and for eternity, but that sun was set forever. It would stay forever when we know he is the true light source in our lives. So again, God is love, God is light, and the third attribute is this. God is life. Life. In Acts 17, 25, it says, he himself gives life. I'll say that again. He himself, Jesus Christ, gives life and breath to everything. Okay? And he satisfies every need. See, when we experience a true, when we experience a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ, our Father speaks to us because of what we have in him. And by the way, we hear him. We hear him. Ever been in a position where, where you kind of thought about, like, is this God or not God? Anybody do that? I mean, I've done that so many times, still sometimes. I'm like, is this you, God? Is this not? Show me proof. Let me know. Let this, show me a big billboard, you know? I've done all of that. I think I've even done the whole fleece thing. If you look in the Old Testament, they'll throw a fleece out, and if it rains and it's dry, it's God, you know? I've heard people still do that. But there are times we have to understand this right here. This scripture tells us we can hear God. And I'm going to share it with you guys in a second. Jesus says in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. Okay? I know them. And they follow me. The moment you come to Christ, the moment you have that intimacy with Christ, the moment you said, I'm in a relationship, I, want, I know Christ, not just about him, by the way. I know him. He says, you hear my voice. You're my sheep. You'll know. God, understand that there are many ways. God's creative, by the way. You know that, right? God can be creative as he wants to be. God speaks in all types of creativity and and in our own unique way in our lives. But remember that God also speaks through scripture, okay? It is important that we get into scripture. God speaks through dreams and visions, I know he he has done it for my personal life. He, he, He speaks through teachings and preaching. He speaks through prophecies. But most importantly, out of all of that, most importantly, our God speaks to us spirit to spirit. He speaks to us spirit to spirit because in John 16, 13, it says, But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you, look at your neighbor say you, what is yet to come. He will speak to you on what is yet to come. He speaks because he wants to give us direction in our lives. He wants to give us a, a place to go. I'm, I'm going to share something with you guys for a second, okay? I can't remember what year it was. Thank you. 2010. I don't even know. Let's just say that, okay? 2010. I remember being in Meyer. I remember being at Meyer uh, on the north side of town. And I remember going through the stores. I had my son and I had my daughter with me. And at the time, there were... Thank you, baby. 2011. All right, it was four and two years old. Okay, so I'm holding them. 
Okay? I'm holding them in the store. Obviously, you know, just stay with me. No, don't touch that. You're not getting that candy. That, that whole conversation is happening, okay? And we go. I, I, I check out. And they know exactly where I parked, okay? It's good to have them because they remember. There are times when I'm out there and I'm walking around. I'm just looking like, where did I park? Don't leave me alone. <laughs> I know you guys done it too. You know, and I'm looking like, where, where did I park? Oh, I drove the car, not the van today. There it is. I've done that so many times. But I have my kids with me, okay, and I'm walking with them. And, and, and they know exactly. We're going right to the parking lot. They know exactly where the van is at. And my son pulls my arm, and I'm hanging on. He's letting my hand go, and I'm hanging on to his, like, wrist now. And he's like, Dad, I know exactly where the car's at. And I'm like, Joshua, hang on. You're not going. But, Dad, I know exactly where it's at. It's right there. I'm going to run over there. I said, no, you're not. Why not? And then, and then their whole, you know, I don't want to call it a tantrum. But it's something similar to it. You know, like, I, I, just let me go. Just let me go. <laughs> it's nice to have just a few of us because you guys are now giving me the feedback. <laughs> Raise your hand, though. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> here, here, here's the thing. So, so he's, he's, he's pulling my arm, and I'm saying no. And he asked me, why? Why, Dad? I know it's right there. And I said, because you don't see what I see. See, at a kid level, say the car's right there. This is what he sees. But at a dad level, I see traffic. I can see some danger over there, people not paying attention. The car's backing up right here. And if he goes ahead of me, he's at risk on his own with no guidance. But as a father, and I hold him, and I say, you're going to walk next to me. Let me lead you. Oh, he's going to get there safely no matter what happens. You know, I mean, he's going to back up. Well, I'm going to stop him for a second. Let's turn this way. God gives us direction in our lives, in our everyday lives. He gives us direction. You want to, want to know where to go next? Ever hit a dead end in life? Or what decision I need to make? Or this is so overwhelming and hard? Have you tried God? Have you turned back to the relationship you said yes to way back when? Do you not understand that you now are part of the family of God, that he's given you the spirit to give you that guidance in your life? Because the times when we're saying, God, I got this. I know what I'm doing. Let, let, let go. And we're just trying to pull our way through. He's holding on tight. He says, don't, because I can see what's coming. Remember what the scripture we just read. I'm going to read that last part. He says, and he will tell you what is yet to come. What is yet to, he knows what's over there. He sees that car backing up. He sees that those people not paying attention. Let, let me hang on to you. Let me guide you is what he wants to do. Understand that you, the reason why you're in this position is because you have been given a position. And it's called sonship. Okay? You, have been a, you, you are now a son and a daughter of the God and the Father Most High. You see, before you were an orphan, I was an orphan. Okay, we were orphans, uh, parentless, no, no heavenly father because of what happened back in the beginning with Adam and Eve in the garden. When sin came in and wedged a relationship, we were orphans. But the moment we come to Jesus Christ, we become a son and a daughter. Look at, look at, look at both categories for a second. Being a son, being a daughter, the promises it has, the protection it has, the guidance, the growth able to be fed because, because I'm a son versus being an orphan and not having that guidance and protection, being uncertain in certain, so many ways of what's to come. 
or what's going to happen or what is my adult life or my, when I grow up going to look like. We don't have that. And God says we were at one position, an orphan, but in Christ Jesus, you are now a son. You are now a daughter of the Most High God. And you, when you listen, you gain the growth in your relationship and not just info. It doesn't become information anymore. It becomes something that I get to develop and grow in me. In, in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, I'll close it with this, okay? Listen to how Peter ends his letter to the churches, okay? He's talking to the church. He's talking to us. He's talking to, this is for us, guys, okay? Those that came in Christ. He says, but grow. Everyone say, but grow. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. The heart for the kingdom. If there's just something you can take home today out of all this, I'm going to trust that God's speaking to you guys right now. But the, the meat, the heart, what you can go home with today is understanding you were designed, you are designed to have relationship with him, not just having uh, uh, just a, a, an encounter or, an ex or experience and it's a, a one and done deal, okay? Because with God, he's not a one-hit wonder. He's a God that's committed, that is faithful, and that stays forever. Even when we miss the mark, even when we become unfaithful, he is forever. You know, in my marriage, we have an understanding. I'm gonna miss it sometimes. You will always get it, baby, by the way. You will always get it. But I'm like, I'm going to miss this sometimes, okay? But she understands. She'll say the same thing to me. She's like, I'm going to miss it sometimes. But the understanding is this. My trust, our trust is not in each other. Our trust is in him. And we're able to make this work. And we can trust each other. I'm going to share a testimony. I was debating about this. But I think I'm just going to share it. Before we were married, okay, we dated for about three years, somewhat like that. And we, we were, we were, our lives were given to Jesus Christ. It's a done deal. We're serving God. We were actually serving here. Marty was serving in the nursery. I was serving in, in the zone, which was uh, fifth and sixth grade at the time. But we ended up breaking up. And I didn't understand why. What, what are you doing, God? What do you do? And I remember my pastor saying at the time, he says, don't, don't ask God what, you know, uh, why is he doing this? Because I was saying why before I was saying what. He says, but say, what are you doing? And so I did. I turned that into what. And that's when God showed me the, the, what I was designed to do. And he said, you're putting her before me. You see, there's a scripture where God says, I humble the exalt and I exalt the humble. And the reason why I say that is because in my personal life, that's what he was doing. Many times I had opportunities to humble myself before God and say, you're number one. But I didn't. I didn't. And so God says, I love you so much, I'm going to humble you. And by the way, when God humbles you, it, it hurts. It's a discipline. You know? And in my life, it, it, he was correcting me in something. Like a loving father. Not punishing me. Okay, but correcting me through his word and his teaching. And I got it. Now, this is my testimony, by the way, okay? I'm not saying this is the antidote. This is the cookie cutter of it. My testimony went like this. I prioritized. I said, you before her. And she did the same thing. She said, you 
before him. And restoration came. Restoration came. And we ended up doing this long distance year deal because I was in Bible school. And then we ended up getting married and the rest is history. What I'm saying is this. When you come into a relationship, when you say, I am designed for this, wherever you're at, and you put him first, I'm not promising you things are going to go well in your life. He is promising things in your personal life, however that looks. For me, it was this. What does it look like for you guys? For me, it was a certain route I take, or I had to take. For you guys, what is the route God's saying? I'm going to pray right now, and we're just going to trust God for a second, okay? Actually, all the time. But I want you to close your eyes right now. This is where we're going to see the power of the Holy Spirit speak to you. Remember, he speaks. Sometimes we just need to quiet down and listen. Now, for the next minute, I'm going to pray. I want you to listen. Think about where you're at for a second and what direction God's going to give you. Father, I just thank you right now for every single one of you.